Is age a legitimate issue? It is a legitimate issue. Sure it is. And I think people are going to judge it. If I were to run, I think they're going to judge me on my vitality. Can I still run up the steps of Air Force Two? Am I still in good shape? Am I, do I have all my faculties? Am I, am I energetic? I think it's totally legitimate people to ask those questions. You know, I mean, look what the world has seen lately. How you doing, people? Eh, it was a bit of a low blow, but we just felt like going with it. It's July 7th, 2022. I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. We are live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Blaze TV. If you have not subscribed, particularly to the Rumble channel or on Blaze TV, go ahead and do that. That is the future of the online video situation for the free people. It ain't YouTube. It ain't Twitter or Facebook or Meta or any of that other stuff. So please do Join us. You know, I realized before we jump into the Q&A that I should tell you a little quick update on the Twitter thing. Do we have any questions about the Twitter thing, the Twitter suspension? I don't think so, right? So I should give a little update right now. So real quick in 30 seconds, uh, as you guys know, and those of you that are playing along, especially on Locals know, uh, I was uh, suspended on Twitter for screenshotting the fact that Jordan Peterson was suspended on Twitter. Uh, This then went viral, then uh, that the fact that I was suspended and Ellen Page's name, because it was about Ellen Page, who is an actor-tress now known as Elliot Page, something like that. Uh, Ellen Page started trending on Twitter. Then Twitter uh, removed that trend because that is her old name or his old name when he was she, et cetera, et cetera. It's all such nonsense. Anyway, uh, yesterday I, pro- I posed the question as to whether I should get back on Twitter or not. Uh, To get back on, I would have to delete the tweet, which in some ways is sort of admitting guilt that you somehow did something wrong, uh, which obviously I did not do. Uh, Jordan Peterson in his really spectacular video that we showed you a couple, half a minute or so of yesterday, uh, he said that he was not going to delete the tweet, that basically who's gonna blink first? Who's gonna cancel who Twitter? Uh, My feeling on this was that I was willing to delete the tweet because uh, they tell you when you get suspended, this is a little insider baseball stuff, but I think you'll find it interesting. They tell you that if you delete the tweet, you'll be able to view Twitter and you'll be able to send and respond to direct messages. Those are your own private messages that you can send back and forth to people. My feeling was if I delete the tweet, then at least I can jump on Twitter and alert people who are on Twitter, like big influencer type people, that I have been suspended. Thus, I can get some you know, public backing on this thing and maybe they'll reverse the suspension or at least I'll be able to expose their hypocrisy, whatever else. And then after that, whether I want to use Twitter or not going forward will be my decision. So I did delete the tweet, uh, which kind of sucked. Like it did not feel good pressing that button. Like you're admitting guilt to a faceless organization that is run by woke leftist lunatics. It's not a, it's not a fun thing. Trust me, I, you could feel like a little soul just sort of dissipating as you, as you click the button. Uh, but in any event, I did do that. And then I really thought about it uh, yesterday all day long. And I was going back and forth with people on locals, people making solid arguments. You, you, you just cut and run. You let it be. It's trash Twitter. We all know it's trash. It's manipulated the shadow bands. It's, it's ruining so much of everything. You just let it be and you go and you focus on new things. And then the other argument, of course, is that, no, you have to fight on their ground because there are still people who you can bring to the the sane world. Uh, That's still, whether you like it or not, it is where the zeitgeist of the the country and the world is. So you have to go back and fight. So my feeling was the latter. Uh, So I am back and fighting there. Uh, But my relationship with Twitter, obviously, you know, we're all on borrowed time. Anyone, any of you that are watching this, if you're on any of the big tech platforms that you're on, you're on borrowed time. Uh, And that's why I'm so proud of what we're doing with with Locals and Rumble. And by the way, as I mentioned at the end of the show yesterday, so I did jump on Truth Social as well. And I have to say the interaction there has been absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Like tons of real people. You can tell that it's not bots. It's not being manipulated and all that good stuff. So there are alternatives out there. And I just wanted to give you a quick update on that. And uh, we've got a uh, community Q&A for you today, but we are going to do a couple uh, stories up top basically about what the Democrats are running on right now. What are these people actually running on? Are they as crazy as we often say that they are? And and why are they attacking the Republicans who aren't really in power right now? And are the Republicans as mean as the Democrats who are in power are saying they are? And then what is it that the Republicans actually are running on? 
that's what we're doing today. A quick reminder that I will be at the Miami Improv on July 14th with Ron DeSantis' press secretary, Christina Pouchaw. And I'm told there will be a couple other surprise guests. I believe Lisa Booth from Fox News will be joining me. Uh, my buddy Dave Raboy, who's been on the show many times. You can get tickets at daverubin.com slash events. And we just opened up 40 more VIP tickets, which I think we thought was going to happen yesterday, but it just happened this morning. So you can get tickets, daverubin.com slash events. All right, let's talk about real estate agents I trust, and then we will get to the show. Uh, you know, buying or selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you can do, and it can be 10 times worse if you're not working with the right agent. Generally speaking, our homes are our biggest investment, definitely is for me, and that's a ton of responsibility, so you need an agent who takes that seriously. That's why I recommend Real Estate Agents I Trust, founded by my buddy Glenn Beck. They work with only the best agents in every market. They do their homework, talking to every agent before inviting them to join their network. And here's a big one, they only work with full-time pros, no part-time or inexperienced agents. Their team makes the introduction, then follows you through the buying or selling process to make sure that you're satisfied. The agents they work with have long track records and are the best sellers in their field. They're a part of this audience. They share your values and they're almost anywhere you want to go, including the free state of Florida. Just go to realestateagentsitrust.com and provide them with some basic info. They'll contact you to make an introduction to an agent in your town. Then you move and live happily ever after. Okay, so let's uh, talk about what's going on broadly with the left. I'm mostly going to be talking about this from an American perspective, as I am here in the United States of America, although Florida does feel like its own country. Uh, but that we all know that there's this sort of this globalist movement that we're all fighting right now, meaning that these Western nations that are supposed to be independent liberal democracies uh, are all sort of coordinating with each other when it comes to how they can uh, clamp down on speech for their own citizen speech, how they can force people to be injected with things, how the monetary system seems to be working. There's this weird connection with all of these countries. I would say the worst leader in the West right now uh, is a little north of me, uh, Justin Trudeau. He is a, uh, he's sort of like a Barbie doll with fancy socks, who you think is a nice guy and says all of the nice things, but under that very thin veneer of most progressives, lies a truly authoritarian, controlling whack job. And that is Justin Trudeau. Here's a little Freudian slip he had yesterday that we thought was quite spectacular. Leadership uh, and service opportunities for them, uh, or whether it's our most uh, recent initiative on uh, banning, uh, sorry, on freezing uh, the market for firearms, uh, which will uh, start moving us in the right direction over the medium and long term. Uh, these are things that uh, you all had voices in, and I'm really excited about uh, not just hearing about the impacts of these things, but talking about uh, how we continue to move forward. You gotta love it when these people say the quiet part out loud. He accidentally said that they are banning firearms. What he meant to say was they are freezing firearms. And of course, we can have some, I suppose, nuanced conversation as to what that really means, a ban versus freezing. But I think you, especially, I know we have a lot of viewers in Canada, uh, you guys know what's happening in your country right now. There has been a march with this guy who has locked people in his country right at this very moment. You cannot leave Canada if you are unvaxxed. You cannot leave by plane, okay? You cannot leave by plane if you are unvaxxed in Canada. Jordan Peterson's father could not attend his daughter Michaela's wedding, which was in Florida a couple weeks back. His dad has chosen not to be uh, vaccinated. Uh, this is the same guy who was freezing bank accounts of people who were protesting his draconian lockdowns and all of the mandates and all of the other stuff. Uh, he has made it clear. We played a video of him, what, two or three weeks ago. Uh, talking about how you don't have a right to self-defense, meaning someone can break into your house and you cannot shoot them. Sure, they might be shooting you or maybe stabbing you with a machete, something like that, killing your children, but you don't have that right to self-defense in Canada. And technically, actually, he's right. It is not in any written document that the Canadians are governed by. Uh, we have something called the Constitution here in the United States, and we have something called the Second Amendment in something called the Bill of Rights uh, that defends our ability to defend ourselves. It did not give us the ability. It defends our ability to do that. Uh, so Justin Trudeau, when he says that there, he's really telling you, now I get it. It might have just been a flub, right? Everyone flubs when they speak every now and again. 
But sometimes you get a Freudian slip that's just too perfect. Right now he's saying there's gonna be this freeze on firearms, but really where do you think this thing is going? Has anyone on the left ever, let's say in these last five, six years that, that this woke thing has blown up across the West, have they ever stopped? Has there ever been a point where enough is enough? We got what we wanted, let's all rest for a moment, right? We created the earth, let's rest on the seventh day. No, they don't do that. They keep going and keep going and keep going. So he may wanna freeze on firearms right now. I believe that that is where they're at right now, but what he really wants is a ban. Now, he will always travel uh, with security with firearms and his friends will always have firearms and the ability to defend themselves. It's ironic, I mean, it's like if someone attacked Justin Trudeau, yeah, he doesn't have to defend himself because a guy with a gun will defend Justin Trudeau. But that is what these guys are all about. When you talk about elites, people who want a certain set of rules for them and a complete other set of rules for you. That is what they want. Justin Trudeau is not a good dude. Now that sort of sets up where I wanna go with the rest of this because that concept, this move on guns, we know this is happening in the United States of America right now. But as I said, thankfully we have the Second Amendment, although we have plenty of politicians, mostly Democrats, but a couple of Republicans as well, uh, who are all about uh, seeing what they can do to erode our Second Amendment rights. Uh, but what else is going on uh, in the world? What else is happening uh, on the left side of the political aisle that's a little bizarre? Well, uh, we've got these high gas prices. Have you heard about this? And uh, there is this guy that we're allowed to blame for all of our problems, this Vladimir Putin guy. If you've got a problem, whatever your problem is, you got a bum knee, uh, you got a, a window that's uh, stuck, uh, whatever your problem is in life, you got a headache, whatever it might be, ha bad hair day, whatever, you blame Putin, okay? You never take responsibility, that's what they do. Uh, here's Pete Buttigieg, gay Pete. He was on Fox Business and uh, he's very confused about what's going on here. Half of that increase started prior to the first Russian soldiers arriving near Ukraine. You can't blame it all on the Ukraine, right? What about the other half? Well, that <laughs> no, was, what about the other half? No, that's that, a, that's that, a pretty that, important that, half. Well, and then, no, no, yeah, but, but the, that, that half that, before, look, the we had is, run up. You, the, your administration has blamed this on the, 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 you know, the war, and that was certainly a big factor. But gas prices had gone up 50% already before the war. So to me, that's half yeah. of the blame, not all the blame. Okay, so just to be clear, once again, uh, Gay Pete, who is our transportation secretary, has no expertise in transportation. He was hired because he was gay. That's what they do. They, they love diversity, equity, and inclusion. You don't have to be qualified for a job, uh, much like our black lesbian press secretary. You don't have to be good at what you do. You just have to have an immutable trait to get the job. Our deputy health secretary, Rachel Levine, is trans. Uh, this is what these people do. So you wonder, oh my God, why is it that everything seems like it's collapsing? And it's like, oh, well, are any of the people in charge qualified for their position or do they have the mental acumen, Joe Biden, to actually do the job that they're in? And the answer, of course, is no across the board. Uh, what Pete is not uh, fully understanding there or fully admitting is that, as I have told you guys many times, gas was up $1.14 before one troop was in Ukraine. Before Russia did anything with Ukraine, gas was already up. and Irregardless, as the kids say, irregardless of uh, whether Putin went into Russia or not, it is the responsibility of any administration to manage problems. You cannot go, oh my God, that guy over there did some bad stuff. There's nothing we can do. And if you want to defend the liberal world order, which is what they keep telling us, then yes, you're going to have to suck it up and pay higher gas prices and pay higher food prices and all sorts of stuff. No, that is not what a leader does. What a leader does is say, oh, there's some bad stuff happening over there. What is it that we can do here? What is within my power to do here to stop those prices from going up? But Biden keeps telling us we're at war. We're at wartime. Nobody knows really what this war is about. By the way, Congress, of course, has not authorized this war, uh, but he keeps telling us these are not normal times uh, and we've got to just keep giving Ukraine money. I do not think we should be giving Ukraine a dime. Uh, as you know, Rand Paul, basically when they were given $40 billion to Ukraine, $40 billion, and I'm sure uh, that'll be spent well, 
Uh, he asked for receipts, just literally basically receipts. Uh, guys, do you have uh, Microsoft Excel? Can we do a basic spreadsheet on this? So we're giving you 40 billion. How much is going to French fries? Can we get some info here? And uh, the, the whole Congress, they freaked out, the Senate and everybody, they, because this is just a giant swamp grift. That's what it is. So of course, Pete has nothing really to say there because not only was gas going up before Russia, but it's their own policies and the endless printing of money, you guys get it, okay, fine. But not only are they getting more authoritarian, Justin Trudeau, and more dishonest, gay Pete, they're also getting more sadistic. I mean, this one really is twisted. This is a fake Native American, Elizabeth Warren, who is a senator up in Massachusetts. She is a communist and a socialist who uh, is all about public school, although, of course, she sent her kids to private school. Uh, she's also worth $67 million. I should write a children's book about the socialists worth 60, the $67 million socialist. It sounds like something, doesn't it? Uh, here she is, and she's freaking out because uh, there are places where you can go, these pregnancy centers, that will sometimes convince you not to have an abortion, and she just loves dead babies. Senator Warren also taking aim at pregnancy crisis centers. Here in Massachusetts, these so-called uh, crisis pregnancy centers outnumber genuine abortion clinics by three to one. She says women walk into the centers believing they'll get abortions. Instead, they try to talk women out of it. She calls it a bait and switch. They are giving it over to people who wish them harm. And that has to stop. We need to put a stop to that in Massachusetts right now. They are giving it over to people who wish them harm. That is one of the most sadistic, twisted statements I have ever heard. These people that work at these pregnancy resource, uh, resource centers, they're nonprofit organizations. And basically what they do is what was laid out right there. Women come in and they say, hey, I'm struggling financially, but I'm pregnant or I have whatever it might be, my boyfriend abandoned me, my parents aren't happy about this, I'm, I'm 16 years old, whatever it might be, they offer free pregnancy services. They try to connect you with community members, they offer financial services, and they make sure that you're gonna get the medicines that you need, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, they try to encourage people to go to term with the pregnancy and then maybe adopt, send the baby to adoption or whatever it might be, rather than abort the baby. That is good. That is good. It doesn't matter what your position on abortion is. It really doesn't matter whether you are completely pro-life or completely pro-choice. The idea that if there's a, a way that a woman wouldn't have to have an abortion and a, and a nonprofit can do that and volunteers can help that woman make that decision, that is good. But she really, it's a bait and switch. They go in there thinking that they're gonna have an abortion Next thing you know, they walk out and they haven't had an abortion. And then they have to have that freaking baby. This is modern child sacrifice with these people. They are, they are completely out of control. And what's so twisted about their control is they really believe it. I mean, uh, that woman, Elizabeth Warren, really believes that she's the good guy in this situation. That if that woman who goes there, who's four months pregnant, 18 weeks pregnant, whatever it might be, walks in there, and she goes in thinking she's gonna have an abortion and she's feeling some kicking and we know that there's a heartbeat and all of those other things. Um, and then she walks out and that baby's not sucked out of her and dead. Uh, she thinks that that's bad. What else can you call that beyond child sacrifice? These people are absolutely out of control. Uh, but speaking of out of control, the man in charge of these Democrats is the elderly gentleman known as Joseph R. Biden. He was in the government for 47 years before becoming president of the United States and apparently never got anything done in those 47 years, which is why he had to run as president. Uh, but he's trying to freak people out because he knows he's not doing a good job. So instead of addressing any of the problems, he's really trying to scare you about uh, Republicans. Ask yourself this question. What is the Republican platform going to this campaign? No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm in deadly earnest. I'm not trying to be just just a fact. So he's being deadly earnest. What is the Republican platform? Well, I have a couple ideas here that could be related to the Republican platform. There are things that are happening right here in Florida, which is run by a Republican uh, named Ron DeSantis. If you haven't heard of him, great guy. Uh, how about lowering gas prices? 
Would that be something that Republicans basically are into more than Democrats? Of course, the answer is yes. Democrats want gas prices to be high so that you'll be forced to go into debt to buy an electric car, even though it's unclear to them where electric cars are actually powered from. If they found that out, they might not be so into it. But they're telling us we have to, in essence, go through this rough transition off fossil fuels so we can get to AOC's Green New Deal. So I would say lowering gas prices. That's one thing Republicans want. Uh, two, how about lowering inflation? You guys print a whole shit ton of money all the time. Then you blame Putin when costs go up and the rest of it. Uh, and the, you know, the Dow Jones and everything else is crashing, all that stuff. The recession that we're in, although it hasn't been fully declared yet. Um, I would say printing less money, that would be a Republican position at this point. Uh, avoiding nuclear war, that seems like a good one. Any of you into nuclear war? Anyone? No, I got big nose there. Nobody wants a nuclear war, uh, but you know, we are in this war, not war, uh, with Russia right now. Uh, Democrats have been pushing for a no-fly zone. Democrats are pushing to give them all sorts of money. Democrats are pushing to give them all sorts of weapons. At some point, when the guy who the whole world has turned against uh, realizes that he has troops on every side of him and we're just funding this war, even though we're not in a war, you know, something like that, he might go, oh, you know, I've got a nuke and I'm kind of pissed. Uh, so I would say not getting into nuclear war would be a good one. Uh, how about having a border and wanting to reduce fentanyl from infecting all of our streets and our cities? A border would be good. Uh, you guys know that, that basically since Biden has taken over, the southern border is basically, it's not a border. You want to come to America, walk right in, although you can't come in from Canada uh, by plane if, uh, if Justin Trudeau has anything to do with about, do about it. Um, how about, uh, this is the fifth one. I'm just going through a whole bunch here. Um, how about teaching kids not to hate each other by race? That is very much a Democrat policy at this point. You guys have gone full woke. You love critical race theory, which is racism. It's just a repackaged racism. So how about not that? That would be good. Uh, I got another one for you. How about not sexualizing children? I thought that one was pretty obvious, um, but you guys are all into it, right? Uh, you want public school teachers and other people other than the kids' parents to be able to have private conversations with kids about sex and gender identity and sexuality and a whole bunch of stuff and then hide it from parents. You're a bunch of weirdo freaks. How about uh, Republicans just aren't into that? That would be pretty good. Um, how about, uh, this is good as long as we're talking about the school one, how about permitting kids to go to school? That's pretty good. We may not like what's going on in school, but generally sending kids to school and not having to wear pointless masks on their faces for a disease that's basically gone, that basically was proven that the masks don't work in the first place and the vaccines were unnecessary for kids, et cetera, et cetera. How about that? That's more of a Republican principle than a Democrat principle. Uh, and then finally, I would say, how about uh, letting people say and believe what they want online, right? Because you guys love big tech censorship, right? This administration, we know for a fact that this administration, they have admitted it several times, they actually go ahead and flag posts for Facebook so Facebook can take things down. It's, it's as close as you can get to a direct violation of the First Amendment without maybe completely technically tripping over that line. So I would say those are all Republican principles at this point. It doesn't mean the Republicans are great. It doesn't mean they always live up to those principles, but it's a hell of a lot better than what the Democrats are doing. So do not believe Joe Biden when he says that. Uh, and of course, speaking of Joe Biden, you can't believe his number two, Cacklin Kamala Harris. While you work hard to teach the principles of liberty and freedom in your classroom, these so-called leaders are taking freedoms away. Freedom away from women. Freedom away from a kindergarten to third grade teacher in Florida to love openly and with pride. It's so stupid. That was a rare moment where all three of you were groaning at the same time. That's what happens when we put Kamala videos on. Um, look, the idea that Democrats care about freedom or liberty is so patently absurd that I don't think you need me to go on for that one. Um, but it's, it's just incredible. I mean, they, they are just the reverse of everything that they purport to be. Uh, but of course, what she's saying there about the don't say gay bill in Florida, which has nothing to do with gay. It has nothing to do with a teacher loving whoever the flying flip that teacher wants to love, but it has nothing, that teacher can't bring that into the school. I, when I was going to school, imagine your third grade teacher in school. I'm trying to think of my, old, my third grade teacher. I actually loved her. Her name was Mrs. Kochenauer. She was about 75 years old. She read us the, uh, the Secret Garden. I remember we would have a reading 
hour. We'd read The Secret Garden and she would play out all the characters in different accents. Great woman. Uh, why would I care about her sex life? This is Katya Nauer's sex life. Why would I care about that? Why would anyone care about their teacher's sex life? Why would you want a state employee talking about sex and gender with kids? But they twist everything. They twist absolutely everything. So what's actually going on here in Florida? Because that's really where they're focusing on because Florida's going so well. What's actually going on? Well, we're uh, not banning books, but we are banning bad ideas. We're banning, you wouldn't teach Nazism in school, would you? Well, the Democrats might, but here's what Ron DeSantis is up to. We're here today because we believe in education, not indoctrination. We are not going to use your tax dollars to teach our kids to hate this country or to hate each other. Now that's what's going on here. It's nothing scary. It's nothing about banning ideas. It's about actually opening up good ideas and teaching things to kids that they're supposed to learn in school. Hey, how about math? How about a little honest history? As opposed to this brainwashing critical race theory and wokeism and gender nonsense and everything else. And one more from Ron DeSantis, uh, because he is using the levers of government effectively. I don't love the levers of government, but I do love good governance. And that's exactly what he's doing here in Florida. The bill that we're gonna sign today is called the No Patient Left Alone Act. And it increases patient protections and ensures Florida families have a fundamental right to visit their loved ones receiving care in Florida hospitals, hospices, and long-term care facilities. The bill bans uh, facilities from requiring visitors to show proof of COVID vaccination. Also, policies cannot prohibit physical contact such as hugging between their loved ones. They would actually police this where you go in and you said, okay, you may be able to go, but you can't give uh, your wife a hug or you can't give your, your, your kid a hug. I mean, give me a break. And so we need to be able to protect that. Uh, this ensures families can be there and patients can have their support system around them when it ma matters most. What a bad dude. What a scary dude. Making sure that people can see their loved ones as they're potentially on their deathbed or when they're sick at hospital or make sure you can hug your husband or wife or son or grandma or whatever it might be. But that is what they're freaking out about. And man, if it ain't clear, if it ain't clear to you guys right now, I know it's clear to you guys, but for your friends and for your, uh, if you visit the local mental institution every now and again and you need to talk to people and they're running around because Donald Trump and they've got Trump derangement syndrome and the Republicans are coming to get me and blah, blah, blah. Well, if you got any of those in your life, uh, maybe show them some of these videos and, and let them see what reality is. Okay, guys, we did a, a whole, this was a, this was a long intro to a Q&A. Here we go. We'll try to plow through them real quick. Uh, Tanya says, might you consider a political career in the future? Uh, I mean, well, I will tell you this. I did, some of you know this, I did consider running for governor of California. I had a lot of people in California, like major influential people reaching out to me about that. I was probably short of Larry Elder. I was probably the most outspoken Californian uh, really going hard and going after, not only for the recall, but against Gavin Newsom. I ended up obviously supporting Larry and, and campaigning with him and everything else. Um, but you know, I don't know that I could do all the bad things that you sort of have to do to be a politician. Now, there are some politicians who have figured out a way around it, and hopefully that'll continue to turn. I don't sense that Ron DeSantis is doing those things, and he's been able to win. He's been able to effectively beat the attacks, ignore the attacks, go on the offense when needs need be. He hasn't had to get into all of those games, but it is a freaking dirty, disgusting game. I have lived a life, you know, and I don't know that I would drag my, you know, I'm about to have a family, a full family with children. And I don't know that I want to drag them into that. And that's what sucks about politics, because then you're going to only get the worse that politics gets, the worse people that you will get in politics because good people, good functioning people who can create things and know how to build things and do things will just be like, why would I do that? Uh, why don't I go off into the private sector where it is not as disgusting and vile and where I may not be personally destroyed and where I can make some money and all of those things. So I don't know. I could see myself maybe if anything, like maybe when I'm like close to retirement, late 60s, 70s, something like being the mayor of a small town, like in the middle of nowhere, something like that, I think could kind of be interesting. But for now, I think I can affect politics 
better from, from this very desk right here. Ryan says, what's the weirdest question someone here has ever asked you? What's the weirdest question someone here? Oh, from locals? Well, I'll tell you the weirdest question that I was ever asked in person. This was, um, this was a, I was still living in LA. This was before lockdown when people were allowed to go up to people and talk to them. A woman came up to me and she said that uh, she was a lesbian and she wanted to have kids and she asked for my sperm. She asked for my sperm at Gelson's. I'm not kidding. I was in the uh, produce aisle and she wanted my sperm, which I felt like in the produce aisle was totally inappropriate. And these things aren't bagged, they're out there, you know? Um, so anyway, we went over to the, uh, the bread aisle and we took care of business. No, no, um, no, I just did not give her my sperm, but I thought that was an odd thing to ask her. Can I have your sperm? I don't know you, uh, but she didn't know where to get sperm. So, you know, what are you gonna do? Uh, Loves says during the Trump administration, the red state governors used to trade best practices to help each other's states. Do you know if they still do? And if, if not, could you encourage Florida and Texas governors to do that? Uh, well, if you want more info on just that, you should watch my interview with South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem from last week because she talks a lot about that, how the governors, especially once Biden took over, were really trying to coordinate together because the, the red state governors, that is, because, you know, Trump, one of the things Trump did, remember, they all kept saying he was Hitler. And uh, what did he kept saying? Hey, states, figure it out for yourselves. Because you know what Hitler always wanted to do. He always wanted to give power to other people, right? He always didn't want to take power for himself. He kept shifting it to the other, to the regular people. Uh, that was what Hitler was always doing. Um, it was always one of the ironies of the way they treated Trump. It was like when he didn't, they would call him Hitler. And then it's like, but Hitler's not doing enough. We want more Hitler. Anyway, Christy Noam talked about that quite extensively about how the red state governors uh, coordinated. Um, I was actually at an uh, event, uh, it was about two weeks ago now, with uh, Governor DeSantis, and he held a, a governor's, a red state governor's conference that they had a few influencers at, and we all got to chat, and most of it was private, some of it was um, semi-public, I would say, uh, where he is coordinating with some of the other governors, and they're really figuring it out. And I think we just need more of that. We need more confederacies of functioning states versus woke, crazy blue states, and then we'll see what happens. Uh, Vince says, who's bringing you back online in September and what is your prediction for the craziest thing that will happen while you're away? Uh, I don't know if I can give away who is bringing me back, but it's a big one. You will be happy about it. It is a big one. That's all I can say for now. Uh, we will be doing it live here in Miami. Locals is building a studio right now and uh, it will be at the local studio. So I'm excited about that. Um, I think it'll be at the local studio. Maybe said too much right there. We shall see. Uh, but um, what's the craziest thing that can happen while I'm away? I mean, it's like Trump could announce he's running for president, a whole series of other people. Uh, Joe Biden could break the hip. Um, you know, last year we had this crazy withdrawal from Afghanistan uh, that I didn't know about till I came back. Like literally anything could happen. There's almost nothing that would surprise me. You know, Andrew Cuomo resigned last year. And I, when Corolla told me, on September 1st, I said, I don't know who is replacing him, but I guarantee you it'll be someone worse. And now we got this Kathy C word. Um, the year before that, Kamala Harris was announced as the VP. I mean, big things happened. John McCain passed away one August when I was off the grid. Um, but it's like literally anything could happen. Putin could nuke Ukraine. The, the, you know, they could bring back COVID, monkeypox, zombie apocalypse, alien invasion, who the hell knows? Uh, but for us personally this year, you know, we're going to have a baby and we've been doing a lot of work here and we're just looking forward to just decompressing and relaxing and uh, I suppose enjoying our, our last little bit of time before the baby arrives and then, and then just welcoming a new part of life. And I look forward to, to sharing that with you guys. Uh, Laugh says, since the fear of rising COVID cases has been reported lately, should someone tell us how many of these cases are of the vaccinated? Is COVID back? Are they bringing COVID back? I, I did notice a few more masks uh, the other day. Um, and you don't see many masks here in Florida. Um, I don't think they'll ever give us honest numbers. I think you gotta make decisions for yourself, but I can tell you this, I, and I know I said this once and people said this on Twitter and I got a ton of hate. And uh, you know, people say mean things to me on Twitter. I don't ask them to be banned. Um, I don't know anyone that did not get vaxxed that wishes they got vaxxed including myself, including the guys in the studio. It's like, I, I actually wear the non-vax thing as a point of personal pride at this point, because we all know the pressure that was brought to bear 
for all of us, not only the public pressure and you might lose your job, and I know some people, nurses and all sorts of people, everyone had to make horrible, the, the government forced us to make horrible personal decisions, unfathomably difficult decisions. And, and that is, they should not be forgiven for that. Uh, but I'm very proud that, I, that for all of the push that I got, family, work, all of the pressures that I didn't, there were times I almost lost my nerve. David and I had one final conversation where I was like, you know what, maybe we should just do it, this headache and not being able to go anywhere and all of this stuff. And, and somehow we decided not to do it. And I'm very, very proud of that. Uh, but to answer your question, no, if COVID comes back or when they bring COVID back, uh, they will never tell us the real numbers on who's getting it relative to being vaccinated or not. I mean, Anthony Fauci's got COVID right now. He's 18 times vaccinated, right? Uh, McCormick says, within two minutes of meeting a person, what are some key pieces of insight uh, are, or what, what are some key pieces of insight are you most often able to garner about them? You know, I'd say generally, I, I'd like to think as an interviewer, uh, I'm, a, I'm a pretty good judge of character. So I can usually pretty much get a vibe from somebody if I kind of like them or not, or if I see something's there, or if I get like a, a weird feeling. I think you just have to be present. You know, if you're just as present as possible, um, you won't find that, you know, you're gonna be like, boy, I really welcome this person into my life and they turned out to be someone else. Not to say you can't have the wool pull over your eyes. It's happened to all of us. It's sometimes happened to me in a public sense. Um, but I think if you just kinda, if you're straight up with people, they'll hopefully be straight up with you or, or you'll notice that they, they can't or won't be. Uh, Ryan says, of all of the political leaders you've met and interviewed, who did you think were the top two most authentic? Well, DeSantis by far. I mean, and I, I know I live in Florida and I talk about him a lot and all that stuff. But DeSantis, now that I've spent some time with him and you know, we had this uh, 20 minutes in the green room with the two of us and then he was chatting with my staff and I told you the story about when I introduced Phoenix to him, he's like, Phoenix? Phoenix from the book? Oh, Phoenix, good to meet you. Like he read the book. Like he, he's a good guy. He, he wanted to talk about baseball. Uh, you know, he played baseball in uh, college and I grew up in Long Island. He used to go to Long Island to play baseball. Like he's just a good, he's a good dude. Like he really is. And I've spent some time with the first lady and she's really, these are just normal people that happen to be politicians, which is how it's supposed to be. So I would say DeSantis number one, and I'd say number two, and this one may sound a little hard for you guys to believe, but I'd say Ted Cruz. Uh, Ted Cruz, who I, I, you know, I, before I met him, uh, when he was running against Trump, I felt he had like a little bit of like a used car salesman vibe or something like that. And then I met him a couple times and then I interviewed him in person and we played Nintendo together and he gets Simpsons references and Seinfeld references. He's really funny. Uh, he's smart. He's a good guy. He loves basketball. Um, I regret not supporting him earlier in that whole thing. I mean, Trump was destined to become president either way. Um, but you know, sometimes there's some people that, that are a certain way on camera. And I think Ted's actually gotten a lot better. I think bearded Ted Cruz is a lot better than pre-bearded Ted Cruz, probably like Dave Rubin. Um, so yeah, I'd say Cruz, he's, he's a genuine, he's funny. He's like, I, like when I'm with him, I'm like, yeah, I could be friends with this guy, like in, in real life. Um, Blee says, what are your top three favorite movie comedies, ones you can watch over and over? Well, this is very easy. Well, Naked Gun is the funniest movie of all time. Without question, I have seen it four billion times and it is, there is nothing better than Naked Gun. Leslie Nielsen at his peak. It's just absolute comedy perfection. If you have not seen it, you must watch it. It's just wonderful. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Um, uh, let's see, number two, I'd say best in show, you know, those Christopher Guest movies, that's the one about the, the dog show. It's basically a perfect comedy, sort of like very cerebral kind of weird, quirky stuff. And then I'd say, and this is sort of like saying Naked Gun, but Airplane, which was the Zucker brothers who did Naked Gun. And of course, Leslie Nielsen was in Airplane. Uh, Airplane was what year? What year was Airplane? About 77, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's about 77. Naked Gun was probably 89. So it's a precursor to Naked Gun in a lot of ways. I think they perfected that brand of slapstick comedy by the time Naked Gun came out. I remember seeing Naked Gun in the theater. I was 12 years old. I'm pretty sure it was 1989. And laughing so hard, and the audience was cracking up that a fat man sitting in front of me, I was sitting in an aisle seat, a fat man in the aisle in front of me fell out, out of his chair into the aisle. Fat man in the aisle. It doesn't get any better than that when you're at a comedy movie. Airplane 1980, all right, I was close. Rye says, what were two interviews you did that you may, uh, may not have been the most notorious or famous, but 
were ones that you felt were your personal best when you utilized all of your potential. Wow, that is a good one. Well, the easy answer for that one, although he's quite notorious, obviously, uh, notorious is thought of as a negative word, but I don't think it always is. Um, the, the Thomas Sowell interview, because the reason I think it was using my best skills was because Soul has been interviewed a gajillion times, right? He's, he's been through all of the interviews, all the different styles, all of those things. And I was very aware that I have a relatively young audience that we did this a couple of years ago when you know, the online thing was still on its way up and the mainstream thing was on its way down. And I felt I had a duty to myself and the audience to how can I introduce this legend to these people, but also have it be interesting for him. Because otherwise it's just like, okay, he can just repeat his greatest hits, right? But at that point I could just put play clips of him for you guys and that would be enough. So I was really aware of how do I sort of do something that's kind of uh, Thomas Sowell 101, but also, but also more than that and also interesting to him. And I really think I did it well. And I'm very, very proud of that interview. I would say one other one, although she has become quite famous and notorious, is my first interview with Candace Owens, which, can we get the date on that? What was the date on that first interview with Candace Owens? We were doing something called YouTube Week. This is probably five years ago. And I would just pluck YouTubers that I thought were interesting. I did not even know Candace Owens' name when she sat down in my garage, believe it or not. She was known as Red Pill Black. And she had like 50,000 subscribers, something like that. She was just this unknown girl. She had put up this funny video about mom and dad. I'm a conservative, I'm a, I'm a black conservative. And I was like, let's just sit down and talk. This was back in September of 2017. So about five years ago now. And I think the reason it was one of my best was because she was unknown. She was definitely a little nervous. She was trying to figure out what all her ideas were, but we had to kind of do that dance together. And I kid you not, that interview finished. She went to the restroom and I said to David, that girl is gonna light the world on fire. I knew it, I knew it. Candace ended up staying uh, at the house for like 10 hours. We had chicken parm that night. And, uh, and obviously we've become great friends since. Um, but I think it used my skills properly because I was like, man, there's something really here with her, but I don't even know who she is exactly or what she's really about. And then obviously it turned into a whole other thing. Kyle says, what are you listening to these days? Any new music worth sharing? Well, I don't listen to any new music. I don't know. Do they? Michael, what are you listening to? Michael likes the new music. Every time I play music in the car, I play 70s music. 50, I love the 50s, right? I love the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, obviously. And I'm listening to that. Michael won't listen to anything that is more than two weeks old. What, what are you listening to now? Odessa. Odessa? Yeah. Odessa. Okay, that's a band? They're, okay, Odessa is what Michael's listening to if you like the stuff for the young kids. Uh, I am, you know, I do a lot of ambient stuff around the house. I'm loving um, right now for, cause when we're, when I have my whole crew here and we're working throughout the day, uh, I'm loving the Rippingtons. You guys know the Rippingtons? Rippingtons and Russ Freeman. Just really great, fun, ambient stuff to listen to. I listen to a lot of chill, that kind of thing. But you know, my old, my old go-to's always, uh, you know, Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. I love Sinatra. I love Dean Martin. Oh, but you know, really more than anything else right now, uh, especially when my day closes and I'm kind of just, my kitchen's under construction right now, I'm grilling outside and relaxing. I'm loving some Yacht Rock, man. I am really into the Yacht Rock right now, loving it. Christopher Cross, uh, I'm loving the Doobie Brothers, really into the Doobie Brothers. Michael McDonald, I'm, I'm feeling a very, I guess that's early 80s vibe these days. Uh, maybe I'll post my, I have a Yacht Rock channel that I created on, uh, on Spotify. And of course, Sinatra and you know, all that stuff. Um, Kelly says, do you think there's a snowball's chance in hell that Newsom could ever get the Democratic presidential nomination? Are people that stupid? Kelly, yes, people are that stupid. And if I had to bet, if I was a betting man, I would bet that Gavin Newsom will be the nominee. They have such a thin bench over there. It's such a collection of lunatics and crazy people and psychopaths and devil worshipers and child sacrificers and a whole bunch more that Newsom is just perfect. He is the perfect modern Democrat. By the way, Newsom right now, he's uh, vacationing in Montana, which is a red state that the state of California has banned uh, its employees from doing business with because of their anti-gay policies in Montana. Yeah, they're coming for the gays in Montana. I mean, wasn't Brokeback Mountain in Montana? Where the hell was Brokeback Mountain? Or is it in Georgia maybe? Google it, guys. What are you looking at me for? Where the hell was Brokeback Mountain? Uh, but the point is, 
Uh, I think it was in Georgia. I think it was Georgia. Maybe it was Montana. No, we'll find out in just a sec. Uh, but anyway, he's vacationing in a state that he doesn't want public employees going to. But that, that's just per, you know, and he, you know, there's the whole French laundry thing. Brokeback Mountain was in Alberta, Canada. It's about Wyoming. Oh, but it's about Wyoming. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Okay. The actual Brokeback Mountain is in Canada, but Brokeback Mountain, the movie, was in Wyoming. Interesting. Filmed in Canada, but took place in Wyoming. Duly noted. Thank you very much. Um, he's a bad dude. Uh, he is soulless. He will say anything. He is a liar and a fraud, and he's just a perfect Democrat. So yeah, it's probably going to be him. Uh, Amy says, what is your biggest fear about parenting two boys so close in age? Uh, well, David and I have talked about this a lot. I mean, I hope they like each other. I hope that they want to hang out together, you know, because in essence, by having two boys that are just a few months apart, you know, they'll most likely will have to figure it out and it'll depend on development and everything else, whether they're going to be in the same grade and everything. So people will think of them as twins, regardless of whether they end up in the same grade. Uh, people will see them and be like, oh, these are twins. We have, we already bought the stroller. We got the back-to-back, -back, you know, the side-by-side -side stroller. It's like people, oh, you have twins. So I, I hope that they'll enjoy being with each other and they'll like the same things. Hopefully, hopefully they'll like basketball more than uh, soccer. That's one of my main hopes. Uh, hopefully when they're playing video games, they're going to want to run that way or that way or not that way. Connor, you know, I, I struggle when I have to run into the screen. I can do Super Mario that way. I can jump over turtles and things. I can't really go that way. It's, I'm working on it. Um, but I guess the main, yeah, we just want them to, to like each other and, and hopefully be buddies. Uh, Dragon says, do you feel like Biden has been put out as a sacrificial lamb to get these radical policies in place and the left doesn't care about his approval rating? Yes, yes, yes. I've been saying it for a while and it's starting to leak in mainstream. They are done with Biden. He doesn't know it, but he is dead man walking. He's obviously not running again. He most likely won't get to the end of the term. You can see the machine going against him, AOC and others talking about how they're not fully in support of him. He has been a disaster at every level, but it worked. Devil is due, right? It worked. They got him in. He was the guy that they could get in as they pretended that they were still moderates. They will not be moderate going forward. It will be Gavin Newsom or one of the squad or something like that. It is going to be such a clown car of awful people. I mean, think about it from two years ago. So you had Biden, you had Klobuchar and Gay Pete and the Crystal Woman and uh, who? Oh, and Kamala. You did have Tulsi who was saying, but you had a, basically a really un-Bernie, you had a really untalented, uninterested, uninteresting group of people up there who always were talking about what they could do for you as long as you gave them enough of your life your life force in essence and your money especially, um, as opposed to how you could be free, how they could get out of your way to be free, how they could defend your freedoms, but that's it. Uh, it's gonna be much worse, but they, but they did it with Biden. They, they pulled the wool over the eyes, they used the people that had Trump derangement syndrome, and they got a bunch of neither here nor there liberals to, to vote for Biden. It was obvious to me that he stood for nothing. He's, he's, he's meaningless. He is a nothing, meaningless shell, and they will be done with him soon enough. Jacob says, hey, Dave, I know that you and David go off the grid annually in August. What made you choose the month of August? I tried to go off the grid for news only over the Independence Day weekend, and I loved it. I may want to try it for a month, but I'm not sure which month to choose. So when I originally did this, I think this is going to be my sixth year going off the grid for August. It was kind of like, it was a lark. It was sort of a joke, like, I don't know, let me just see. Could I put my phone in a safe and not pay attention to anything and see what happens? Is that possible? And then I realized how great it was and how I felt clean and clear when I came back. And I, as I always say to you guys, I think it's one of the reasons politics did not destroy me. And I haven't been wrecked by all of this where so many people do and they can't do it with any joy. Uh, and they're so consumed by it. It's like, I, I take one twelfth of the month, uh, one twelfth of the year, not to care about it. I spend a lot of time caring about it in those other 12, 11 out of 12 months. Um, and I think it's really, it's, we're, we're doing too much of this. We're all staring down. We got neck problems. We got shoulder problems. We're, 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 our attention span is frayed. All of those things that's happening. Um, so I do it to an extreme, meaning no phone, no electronics, none of it. No news, no newspapers. It can often be very difficult. It limits the places that I can go because there's always TV places. But I would say um, my challenge to you watching this is see what you can limit. I mean, even if you can only do it over the weekend, as Shapiro said to me once, uh, when I started doing, I started doing it over the weekends first. 
as Shapiro said, uh, you do know that uh, there's something called Shabbat. We've been doing this for quite some time, starting on Friday nights into Saturday night. And uh, it's like, if you can just do it Friday night to Saturday night, if that's your tradition, if you can do it on Sundays, if that's your tradition, if you can do it on both days, great. If you can make sure that you're not looking at your phone after 8 p.m., I'm not saying I do these things all perfectly all the time. I certainly do not. But I would say one other, one other real tip that I think has helped me, do not keep your phone in your bedroom. Do not wake up to have a random anime he, she avatar tell you to go fuck yourself. It's not a great way to start the day. It's not, guys. It's not. And Connor's like, it isn't. It isn't a great way. I got to stop doing that. It's just not a great way to start the day. So limit some of this stuff in your own life. And maybe, you know, I know people, I, I'm fortunate enough and I've built businesses enough that I can do this and my guys can keep working and our businesses don't crash and everything else. But you can figure out some way in your life to take a little more control of it. Uh, Creighton says, elections are approaching. What's your 2022 October surprise predictions? I mean, it's, it's COVID-2 or monkeypox, something that they'll really have to push for mail-in ballots. It could be that the war in, in Ukraine, whatever the hell this freaking thing, I'm tired of calling it a war, whatever the, whatever's going on there, they just ramp it up so that people will be afraid to vote differently because, you know, when we're at war during uh, elections, people want to vote for the people in charge because it's too scary to change the people in charge, even if they got us into the non-war in the first place. So I, I think it's going to be a, a bunch of weird stuff. Uh, Mizzy says, Dave, excited to see you at the Improv on the 14th. We are Canadians who escaped and managed to get VIP tickets to your show. Just happy to be in the free state of Florida. You have given us so much encouragement. Thank you. Thank you. We would defect if we could. Not a question, but I will take that comment. Oh, and that's the last one. So, uh, well, welcome. And I can tell you, ton of Canadians here in Florida right now, and they know why they're here. They know who they fled, Justin Trudeau. They know why they fled him. Lockdowns, can't defend yourself, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, Florida is open for anyone that wants to live freely. And that is a beautiful thing. And if you would like to join me and my Canadian friends on July 14th, DaveRubin.com slash events at the Miami Improv. If you want to submit questions when we do these live Q&As, you can go to RubinReport.Locals.com. The community's blowing up right now because of the Twitter suspension and everything else. And tomorrow it is Friday, so we've got a roundtable extravaganza. Actor and director and my buddy Nick Searcy uh, will be joining us, I believe, for the, is it the first time? Man, I don't know how that happened. First time for Nick Searcy, uh, Sarah Gonzalez of The Blaze, and Ezra Levant of uh, Rebel, who's up in Canada. We'll see how much longer he can do journalism up there. And finally, I leave you with this. The man in charge of America. Have a good one, everybody. A solid meeting with, um, with uh, the... Uh, Hello, Biden, Obama, Democrat. Javier Baccaria. Javier, Mr. Secretary. All right, Chuck, thank you very much. All right, uh, it's Chris, but anyway. Chris. I just did Chris. Yeah. I want to thank the, the, the uh, former general, I keep calling him general, but my, my, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I want to make sure we thank the secretary. Jill and I have always enjoyed seeing Pete and Kristen which I have done personally with, with, uh, with uh, the president of China. It was president, my boss, uh, Senator Shelley Caputo. Uh, you may remember, I got in trouble when we were running against the senator who was a Mormon, uh, the governor, okay? The Instagram question answer with one of the leading soccer players in the world. Uh, the latest episode of Here's the Deal podcast with Andrew Young. Brought in a guy from Illinois who ended up being a great Secretary of Transportation. I mean, Secretary of... Every day I between an hour, an hour and a half uh, brief with um, uh, a former head of... Uh, our former Surgeon General. Anyway. They're holding up... Uh, um, the nomination of the president put forward for the Supreme Court. I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report direct message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.